Ignite Impact Podcast. I am Tracy Purdy, and I believe that people are placed into our lives at every step in our life journey to be an integral part of our story. Here on the podcast, we will talk with individuals who have influenced me, helped me grow, nurtured me, inspired me, transformed my thinking, and enriched my life, and will do the same for you. We will be covering a variety of subjects, so stay tuned to be inspired and encouraged. I am so excited about my first guest here on Ignite Impact. This friend has impacted me in ways that I will never be able to put into words. Um, So we are going to be visiting with Melissa, who is a mom of three really fun, amazing kids. She's a wife to Kyle of nine years and is originally from Lake Tahoe, California, now living in Pensacola, Florida. She partners with her friend at KM Events and does corporate event planning and builds websites with local toolbox. She is seriously like a jack of all trades. Melissa is one of the most fun, spontaneous people that I've ever known, and I'm so thankful to have her as one of my best friends, and I cannot wait for you to get to know her today. Thank you, Melissa, for joining me today. I'm so excited for our conversation that is about to come. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to it. Me too. Okay, so I mentioned that you were originally from Lake Tahoe, California. You Mm -hmm. say it's a beautiful place and that I need to go. Yes, everyone (laughs) needs to go. It's amazing. What are some other places that you've lived and what brought you here to Pensacola, Florida? Well, I feel like I've lived all over the place. I grew up in Tahoe, but then my parents at the end of high school moved to, my mom and stepdad moved to um, Marin, which is near San Francisco. So we lived there for just a couple years. They lived there for 10 years. I lived there for just a couple years before I went to college in Indiana Mm. at Taylor University. It's the best college in the United States. And then after that, I lived in Redding, California, Santa Cruz, and then we moved to Missouri after okay. I got married. So we got married in Southern California, and then we moved to Missouri. We were there for three years. My husband was a football coach, so he was coaching at a university in Missouri. And football takes you all over the place. You move every few years. So from there, we moved to Pensacola, Florida for football. So we started okay. coaching at the University of West Florida. And we were there for th- four years, and then did a little stint back to California and decided we wanted to be back here in Pensacola. So here we are to stay for as long as God keeps us here. Awesome. Which better be forever. Yes, I agree. (laughs) I agree. I did whatever I could to get you back. You did. <laughs> I. <laughs> that is true. The Purdy's got us back to Pensacola. Yeah. Thank God. I know. I'm so glad. Do you still consider yourself like a California girl at heart or are you more like a Florida girl now? Oh, good question. I definitely feel... My roots are in California, but California is so different than what it used to be. Mm. And I actually feel that Pensacola is a better, it's very similar to the California I grew up in. It's small town, friendly. California is just so different now for so many different reasons, but I think the roots are still there, but I feel like I fit in and love Pensacola and feel that it's home. So oh, that's good. I don't know if I'm a Florida girl. I would love to be a Southern girl. Like I really want to learn more of the Southern culture because I'm just naturally not as soft and Southern Bellish. Mm. 
I think you are. But I think that, um, I think there is something pretty awesome about Southern culture. So I try and, I try and teach myself about it and take it on. I love that. I am in preparing for our conversation here today. I had to go back to our first date (laughs) as, um, it was a lunch date as friends and I was so nervous and excited to get to know you. I remember that we we sat at the fish house and we talked for like almost three hours. Yes. Um, which thinking back on that now, like how did we even accomplish that? And I also had to ask myself, like, is it is it too soon to text her after we left each other? <laughs> You know, that like felt like a date. Like, is it too soon to text her and tell her that I had a great time and that I want to do it again? (laughs) It's such a funny thing. Why is it so hard and awkward as adults to like find good friends? Why do you feel like that's such a hard thing? I don't know. I mean, you were definitely my first friend in Pensacola. I had just come out of a hard year. We had moved. I was, I don't remember how long, maybe six or seven months before I met you, Mm -hmm. but I had just lost my brother. And so I was just in a very hard season of life. Um, and it's funny you bring that date up because the main thing I remember about that date is getting explosive diarrhea (laughs) and thinking, I cannot tell this girl that I'm like dying right now. And I just, I have to keep getting up to go diarrhea. (laughs) And I did tell you later. You did tell me later. <laughs> which it, which just shows that we had a good foundation. We did. We did. And I had that moment like while we were eating lunch thinking, oh gosh, she's spending a lot of time in there. Maybe she doesn't like me. Maybe she's trying to figure out a oh way to get gosh, out of this. Oh my gosh. I got owned. <laughs> <laughs> which now, now we're so close. I'd be like, Tracy, I'm having a problem. Oh, uh, we gotta go. <laughs> but good yes. question. I, I've thought of, through this a lot because Tracy and I have had conversations about how difficult it can be to make friends in mm-hmm. adult life. I've never had that issue growing up. Everybody liked me. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But um, I just, I don't know what it is. Having three kids, you know, you having four kids. Is it mm-hmm. because we, I think our time is so limited. I think that is definitely a part of it. Right. And carving out that time to like make that an intentional thing to like find good friends, deep friendships. Yeah. And taking the time to go deep in those friendships. And because I, I think that, you know, when you have all your kids running around and you hang out with your girlfriends, it's hard to have a conversation. You know, you start a conversation, I call them half thoughts. Like you have a half thought and then a kid's like, Hey, I need a snack. And so one of you's running, you know, kids running into the street, you're all going in different, different directions while trying to have a conversation. It's very hard to get to know your friends on a mm-hmm. deeper level. So I am really big on one-on-one time with your girlfriends Almost like you go on a date with your husband because you need that time alone. I feel the same way with friendships. So when I feel that someone doesn't know me very well, I generally can go back to, well, we don't ever hang out one-on-one. We only hang out on a play date or Mm -hmm. at a park with our kids. And the conversation can only go so far and so deep when you're being interrupted a million times. Right. So um, I think that that is part of it. And... I think a really, really big piece of it is vulnerability, that it, for some reason, very hard in adult age to be vulnerable. I think as a mom, you go through so many changes and you learn different things about yourself and you're also holding on to the core of who you are and what you love to do, even outside of your kids. I think that part of 
part of like having a good friendship is being vulnerable and you have to find time to do that. And I don't, I think you have to carve out one-on-one time with each other. Yeah, I agree. So I think Tracy and I do a decent job. Like where one of us is missing the other and we're like, Hey, I miss you. Let's go get lunch. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, we have 45 minutes to grab and eat and sh- pour out our life. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. and then go run and pick up our kids from school. So I just think that that's, something all women should prioritize because it's good for your heart and it's good for your longevity and friendship. Um, And one thing, you know, we have moved a lot because of football. And when you move a lot, like, and we actually make friends a lot with military and then they move a lot. Mm There is something that I've been thinking about lately is how I have made some of the greatest friends in the last minutes of someone leaving. So Mm -hmm. for instance, um, just about a month or two ago, we met our neighbors who we've lived right down the street from for over a year. And I had never seen them until just, I think it was, you know, October or something. And they just started walking by every day. And then they started coming into our yard and hanging out with us. And then it was like, hey, you know, let's put our kids to bed and all hang out. And then they had to leave. They had to move like two or three weeks later. And I, I actually kind of feel like I'll just stay in touch with them and text them Mm -hmm. here and there. And if they're in town, like have them over. And I just felt like we met really amazing people in the last minutes of them being here. But it doesn't mean that it can't continue on. And some of my greatest friends from the past I've met in the last minutes of us moving or even in like my last weeks of high school who I still keep in touch with. Right. It is hard to make friends, but intentionality is important. And if you're one who has to move all the time, intentionally choosing to make friends, even though you know you might leave, is important. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So this kind of goes back to where we met and kind of became friends. We met at church when I was helping to lead worship, and I saw you, and I just felt this prompting to introduce myself, which is so not typical of me. It's only happened like maybe two times in my life where I felt like I need to go meet this person, like that person is here in this moment for me. And I'm sure I looked like a crazy person <laughs> running running you down at the end of the service to meet you, but I just had like this gut feeling and knew that we were supposed to be friends even before we like ever even talked. I just knew that the Lord placed you in my path at that moment for me specifically to be my friend and not like just a casual friend, but like a deep meaningful friendship which it has been clearly. I mean, Mm -hmm. even when you moved, like I felt like we still were able to have deep, meaningful conversations. (laughs) So my question now for you is, have you ever had an interaction with someone that made you feel like you bumped into someone who knows Jesus or like just had a special spirit coming from them? Yeah, I, I definitely felt that way with you. I actually don't remember our first meeting. And I think that's because I was in the depths of grief. And mm-hmm. I had moved to a brand new town days after I'd lost my brother. I mean, literally like days. And so I knew nobody. And for a long time, I just sat in my house, sat in the darkness of grief. And then I felt scared to even go meet people because I felt like, there, you know, when you're grieving, it's like, I can't even be myself to go meet someone. So they won't like me or whatever Mm -hmm. lies you want to believe because that's all a lie. 
But I remember when we did go to lunch thinking, like, I can be friends with this girl for the long haul. Like, this this is a special person. Mm-hmm. So I definitely felt that with you. The first person that comes to mind in regards to that question is there is a lady. I worked at a, at a camp for a long time in Santa Cruz called Mount Hermon Conference Center, Ponderosa Lodge. And there is a lady there that was – she – I actually called her Miss Joyful. I didn't know her name. And for a long time, I just called her Miss Joyful because she radiated Christ. Like it was just, there was something about her simple glow that I was like, she is just absolutely amazing and I have to know her. And it took me a long time to even just reach out to her and I just asked her to coffee and then she ended up mentoring me for a long time. But she had lost a child when her son was seven. And this was years later that we met, but she was so raw about that experience. And I had never experienced grief at that point in my life. And I just, what she shared about Christ was like, in the midst of having lost a child, she just met with God and knew him on a level I couldn't even comprehend at the time. It was like, I just knew she knew God because she was glowing and that was it. And I think there is definitely something to People who spend a lot of time with the Lord and really soak him in and soak in in his word, they glow. Like he radiates from you. Mm -hmm. And I always, I want to be radiant because of my love for Christ. Mm. Do I I glow? Absolutely. (laughs) You glowed, especially that day. Like I just felt like it Uh, was something that had to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, You are like one of the strongest and most authentic friends that I've ever met. Uh, You have such an amazing family. A mom and a stepdad that live close by, family still in California. Mm-hmm. Any other places that you have family with? No, are all, all our families in California, yeah. my mom. And I actually call him my dad, but he's my stepdad, but I have another dad. And mm-hmm. my real dad and my stepdad are both awesome. So, yeah. um, bonus. They're both That's dads. Awesome. Yeah. So, but they moved out here to Pensacola and everyone else is in California. Wow. Yeah. And you have three amazing kids that I love like my own they're so so cool one of them is Kezia Mm -hmm. who is now seven seven. oh my gosh I can't even believe that has so many like amazing special abilities you have Kai who's one of the coolest boys ever and sweet Brixie who is now what she's almost three holy cow so you've mentioned your brother. So you had a brother named mm-hmm. Alex who was and continues to be such a huge part of your life. Can you tell us a little bit about who he was and how he impacted you and the people who knew him? Yeah. So Alex is the best human to have ever walked the earth. Mm. I guess I should say besides Jesus, but he's like second for sure. So Alex is 10 years younger than me. He's my mom and my stepdad's son. So technically, I guess he's a half brother, but I've never thought of him that way. He's my my real brother. And he he grew up with a genetic disorder. So he grew up with a genetic disorder called Escobar syndrome. Um, And so cognitively, a completely typical child. But as far as his body goes, he had different his arms and legs didn't extend fully, had severe scoliosis. And so we grew up, I mean, the day he was born, I remember, I mean, I was nine or 10 and I just remember holding him and seeing him and had this like deep, incredible love. And my other brother, I'm the oldest, my other brother who's three years younger. And then there's Alex, my other brother, Brent, I think he felt the same way, even though he was much littler, but we all, we joked in our family and we still joke. Like he, Alex was the favorite of the family, Mm -hmm. which is not 
you know, you don't pick favorites, but in our family you do. And we were all the same favorites. So it didn't even matter. Right. Just growing up with him, you know, we were in and out of hospitals and he had lots of surgeries. He was just a light to all of us. I mean, he could light up any room and he could make us laugh like nobody else. And that was from when he was like very little all the way until he passed away. Alex was just the life of the family and kind of the core. He really pulled us all together. But he just showed me, I would say anyone in our family, and I would say his friends, anybody who knew him, would say that he lived a life that you just couldn't even, I mean, how do I even explain this? He he was able to love everybody and make anybody laugh, and people just adored him. And people felt loved by him on in ways that were deeper than probably any of their friendships. Mm. And everybody was drawn to Alex. And people who got to know him a little bit held him tightly. And I would even venture to say that most of his friends, which he had so many, would all say that he was their best friend. That's yeah, so just, just had just like a presence about him. Yeah, yeah. So he was just a special person, and I think has taught you know because of all of his, because of his just genetic disorder, he lived a life like he was bullied growing up, mm-hmm. and he did have to have to overcome a lot. He couldn't do sports like a typical child could, so he became the best bass fisherman. Well, one of the best for his age group, mm-hmm. and so he found ways to just take on the world and mm-hmm. make. He changed lives through all of it. When he passed away, the impact he had was shocking. The people he touched, even from the random kid who was sitting behind him in class, it was just incredible to hear the way he impacted lives. Mm, that so, is so cool. Yeah. I am going to have you come back at some point and talk about how you worked through your anger with God, at mm-hmm. God, your grief through all of that, if you're open to that. Because yeah. I think that is such a relatable thing to people that that go through tragedies and struggles like that mm-hmm. I think that would be super beneficial because I've seen you at um so lowest of, some of your lowest yeah. and work your way you know through through those yeah ups and downs you know I definitely think I guess to better answer your question overall that he showed me and I would say my family how to be overcomers and take Mm. on life with absolute joy regardless of the circumstances oh I love that yeah love that okay switching gears just a little bit Mm -hmm. sometimes I've noticed as I've gotten older that God like sets up divine appointments or events to cancel our current small-minded directions I don't think that this always means every closed door will directly result in a better opportunity, but maybe there are seasons in which more doors seem to be closing for you than opening. I believe and have seen the evidence that when we look back one day and we see God's divine hand in our situations, I used to worry and like wonder, what if I choose the wrong path? Or has there ever been a time that you have questioned whether or not you have chosen the wrong path and if so have you seen how you have been rerouted to a better path for you and your family yes anyone who knows me is probably going to be like oh I'm done listening to this podcast because she's talking about the same thing over and over (laughs) but one of the most traumatic situations in my life happened in 2020 so my husband had taken a new job in California as a football coach You know, I love Pensacola and I felt like I could stay here forever. And being married to a football coach, I always had this nagging feeling that the next job is going to take us away, that I just, 
there's just like something within a football coach's wife where you know you can't settle fully because mm-hmm. at any point you could be taken to a different um, city. So he had taken a new job in January of 2020 and we were so on the fence about taking this position and I did not want to go. I didn't know that I could be um, as psychotic as I was during that time. Oh, <laughs> just an emotional wreck. Uh-huh. Um, sure, Kyle was like, something is wrong with this woman. But I just was so upset about all of it. And um, we left UWF and we were so hesitant about about not coaching there anymore because it's such a great program. And then taking on this new position. But the new position was going to offer more time for us to be around each other because football coaches are, they just have very busy schedules. So we knew the new schedule at the new school would offer more time. We decided, okay, we're going to leave UWF and we are going to go to this new school. Well, in California, right? In California. So we had to sell our house, which I did not, that was to me a forever home. I did not want to sell our house, but we had to in in order to afford to go to California. So we were going to sell our house and go. And um, on the fence, on the fence, made the decision, quit the job at UWF, took the job at the new school, and immediately felt like we had made a mistake. Immediately. Mm-hmm. But on a very practical, logistical level, the only option financially we had in front of us was the Azusa Pacific job. And that job was you know, we didn't have a third option there. We had just quit the UWF job. We had just taken this new one. And even in the midst of feeling like we made a mistake, we were like, well, there's no third option. Mm -hmm. We have to take this because now this is the only financial situation we have. So we just went with practicality, but we didn't feel peace about it at all. Not at all. And we, we were so torn about it that obviously it brought tension to our marriage at the time was pregnant. But like in the third trimester when we took it Mm -hmm. and then ended up, we ended up later on in the story moving with a six week old or eight week old, which was, you know, moving when you're very pregnant and then moving when you have a baby is just across the whole country, across the country, (laughs) which then COVID happened. Right. So we made this decision to go and then COVID happened. So we couldn't even move for a little while. And in that time where we couldn't move. It was just this impending doom of we're going this new job that we don't feel good about. We don't feel peace about. We couldn't put a finger on why. We just didn't feel peace about it. But we we spoke to a couple different people, our pastors, and then a really good friend of ours, Brett Barrow. And just we were like, what do we do? And two things. The mm-hmm. pastors at different times said the same thing, which was, well, if you are really confused, you don't feel peace, you need to go to the last word that God gave you, which was in Deuteronomy 8. And it is a passage that I can't think of off the top of my head, but basically was the passage when we were thinking of coming to Pensacola the very first time God gave us peace about coming here through this passage, just that this would be a place of growth and of, I call it the land of milk and honey, that this would be a place where we could grow, where we could serve, where we could plant roots, and then also where we would really thrive. Mm. But then come this move, it was like, they said, you know, go back to the last word God gave you. Well, that didn't keep us in Pensacola because we didn't have a job in Pensacola. Mm. Our other friend, Brett, had said, you know, why don't you just go because you don't have another option right now. And if it's not the right place, God will always give you a way to come back, Mm. to go back to the right place. And so that stuck with us. So fast forward, we end up selling our house overnight. We move across the country to California. We literally get off the plane in California and we get a text message saying you're going to be furloughed for an indefinite amount of time, which means that you're not going to get a paycheck. Then fast forward a few months and we they end up cutting the entire football program we moved for. So it 
my the biggest theme through all of that is we did not feel peace. There was no mm-hmm. peace. Mm-hmm. If you do not feel peace at any point in your life, you need to pause. That is what I've learned from this whole thing. Mm. That when you're in the midst of a really hard transition and you do not feel peace or anything in your life, you don't feel peace, you have to pause. Slow down and figure out why. And then go ask the Lord what the thing is that will give you peace and go that way. Because where there is peace, God is guiding you. I strongly believe that. Right. So after all of this, enter Adam Purdy, who called way actually before this position was cut, this football position. Adam called and just said, you know, we would love to have you all back in Pensacola. And I don't know what it would take for Kyle, but football programs are getting cut all over the place. Right. If it happened to you guys, I just want you to know I could hire you as an admin and take you for as long as you needed to, and I could give you a salary and benefits so Kyle doesn't have to freak out and take mm-hmm. any job he can, just so he can figure out what he wants to do and we could have you back. I mean, yeah. total, I mean, that was a godsend. At the time, I was like, thanks, but he signed up for this <laughs> job. We're not leaving. We're stuck here in California. And then the program got cut, mm-hmm. and that was when I went, I came back to Adam and said, okay, I'm going to take the job and we're going to go. And we immediately felt peace about going back to Pensacola. Mm -hmm. We found a house fairly quickly. That's a longer story. Mm -hmm. But Kyle actually found a job before we left. We left within four weeks. And he found a job quickly and a job that offered a salary and benefits and actually bigger than anything that he loves and is passionate about. So glad. So it's like. And he got out of the football world, right? He got out of football. Yeah. And he's doing commercial real estate now. Um, And he absolutely loves it and he's thriving and our family is thriving. He's around. My kids know him Mm -hmm. before. I just felt like our kids don't even really know him because he's not around. He's coaching football. Right. And we as a family unit are so much healthier because Mm. we turned back around. We went back to the word God gave us, which was to come to Pensacola through Deuteronomy 8. Yeah. And we followed peace. So whenever people don't feel peace, I always say there's a verse in Isaiah 60 and it says, Um, Let peace be your governor because he is your everlasting light. God is your everlasting light and let peace be your governor. And I always say you have to follow peace because that is where God is going to lead you. It might Mm -hmm. be uncomfortable, but if it's still peaceful, you got to go. Right. Um, And so we followed peace and we went back to where that God gave us. And we feel like we are where we're called to be for this time. That's so awesome. Yes. You're back. Yes. I love it. Us too. Well, this is most definitely not going to be the last time that we're going to get together Mm -hmm. to do this. I have you on the show because there are so many different aspects of my own life that you've impacted, and it would just be wrong not to share your blessings and knowledge with the world. So please know that you will always be considered as one of my best and deepest friends. What you do and say, even in your most like ordinary days makes a difference in the lives around you. Um, you. You are gifted in so many different ways. Prophecy, encouragement, creativity, authenticity, teaching are just a few of the things wow, thank that you. I believe <laughs> have truly impacted me just by simply knowing you. So I thank you for your friendship and the impact that you are making on the world and me. And the last thing to finish this up today, what is one thing that a person has said or done for you that you believe changed the trajectory of your life? Whoa. Whew, I know deep. Well, some of those things I just shared, but there's, mm-hmm. um, I went through a really, 
bad breakup in college. It sounds so juvenile now, but it felt so heartbreaking in the moment. And I had a mentor say to me, when you are feeling broken, you need to hold on to what you know and not what you feel. And I don't know that that's changed the trajectory of my life. So I don't know that I'm answering your question well, but I will say that in hard moments, it has been a principle in my life. And I think it gets me through to the right places. She said, hold on to it. You know, not what you feel. You know that God is good. You know that God can get you through it. You know that God is the God of the possible, that he performs miracles you know that God is close to the brokenhearted, that he heals the Christian spirit. You know all these things about God. Your heart will say otherwise when it feels broken or it feels, or you're in grief or you're confused. So you hold on to what you know and mm. let that be your guide. And I think that has, oh, that will that. stick with me forever. Well, and that can be used in any aspect of life. Yeah, that's for good. sure. This has been so fun. Thank you. Thanks for joining me. I'm looking forward to the next time that we get together. Me too. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much for joining us here at Ignite Impact. I hope that you can see that the people that will be on this show have certainly made an impact in my life, and I cannot wait to hear how they are making an impact in your life as well. I hope you have time to join us next time. Until then. Thank you.